Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as ever, I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing the classic Hitchcock film, The Birds, which was released on the 28th of March, 1963, in the USA, and the 10th of September, 1963, in the UK. But before we get onto that, as always, we're just going to talk about where it featured in a theme park. And it was in Universal Studios Orlando. It was called The Art of Making Movies. And it was there from the 7th of June 1990 to the 3rd of January 2003. Replaced ridiculously by Shrek. Can't believe it. And well, it featured lots of different uh, Hitchcock films. Do you remember going in this? Because you would have been quite young at the time. So I don't know if you would have even gone in it. Yeah, I did go on it, but I can only really remember. It was like one of those things they do all the time where like, air comes out on the seat. There was a 3D show, which I think, and I might be wrong because I haven't looked this up, but I, I, in my mind it started off showing you like dial M for murder or something, and then the screen rips open and birds fly out at you. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before, but I'm terrified of birds, absolutely petrified of birds. So I've never watched this film. And when I went into the attraction, my mum and dad didn't tell me there was going to be birds in it. And let, let me put my 3D glasses on and then just watch me and laughed as I got more and more frightened. I don't know why I just didn't take off the glasses which would have solved the problem. But I think when you get into it, you just don't. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy this part of it at all. But the the bit afterwards, I did. You go into uh, a theatre and they showed you the the shower scene from Psycho and how it was shot and explained you know, how they got all the visual effects and, you know, you watched it without the music and then you watched it with the music and realised that actually it's the music that's making you scared, not actually anything that's going on on screen. Um, from Strangers on a Train, where like, there's some horse carousel prop and there was a rear window set where you could look through all the windows and all different things were going on. It was really, really well done really well done and it was quite a long attraction so that's gone sadly to be replaced by shrek although i did see that apparently some of the props in the shrek waiting room are from the hitchcock films so it's a little nod to it and there used to be a bates motel as well like it used to be up on the hill by hard rock cafe but obviously since city walk's been built i don't think it's there anymore I don't know if I remember that. basically we put 
a poll online to ask which Hitchcock film to do because there's so many. I was fairly certain Psycho was going to win, so I wasn't particularly worried about having to watch The Birds, but no, The Birds won. So I had to overcome my fear, but thankfully most of it just made me laugh, which was good. And they didn't really. A lot of the birds didn't really look real, so it was fine. I think uh, obviously it does help that it's a it's a film from the sixties, and it's quite obviously lots of it is quite um, dated now, shall we say? Although there were some bits that really did freak me out, but we'll get onto those in a bit. I got I've been attacked by pigeons twice in my life. Where? Just coming at me, just in like just walking. Did they sit on your head? Yeah, so like the first time was when, I don't know, I was about 10 or 11 and this pigeon just flew down outside my my house and just like literally landed on my head and started pecking my head. And what did you do? Well, I screamed, obviously, and my mum was with me and she was just too busy laughing to do anything uh, and eventually it went away. And then it it's it happened again when I was walking down um, a high street. It just suddenly a bird just appeared and just landed on my head and started pecking my head. I mean, like that doesn't happen to many people. Well, no, I don't. It's never happened to me. No. So ever since then, I've I've like got a real you know phobia about about birds and you know where I live there's I mean there's pigeons everywhere I spend my entire existence being frightened when I'm walking down the street if I'm being honest so yeah that's why I don't like birds uh, I wouldn't hurt a bird and I you know what I hate more than anything I'm just putting it out there I really don't like it when kids chase pigeons I think if you see a child chasing a pigeon the parents need looking up um. I don't know if I really sort of care if they chase a pigeon. Well, imagine how frightened that pigeon is. I just don't... Why would you want to scare a pigeon? There's no need for it. I just think they probably just have, like, the tiniest brain and just don't even think about it. No, I don't know. But, you know, pigeons, I mean, if they completely stopped existing, would, would anyone care? Well, no, I'm not saying I, you know, obviously I'd, I'd be relieved if there was no longer pigeons, but I'd also be sad for the pigeons because, you know, I don't want any harm to come to them. I just think, you know, the brains are probably like the size of a pea. They probably don't know. You know, they'd probably be like, oh, they'll just fly off again. Mm. And they come back and do the same thing again. No, if I saw a child, I mean, I've often tutted at a child doing that. That's what I've turned into, a tutter. And then just sort of roll your eyes at them. Or I, like, shake my head at the parents. I just think you need to teach teach children to, to respect all um, all living things. They can't help being pigeons. No one's going to choose to be a pigeon, are they? They couldn't help it. No need to be mean to them. Right, on to the film then. So, obviously, as I've just explained, this was the first time I'd seen the film. I've seen pretty much... I think all of Hitchcock's films, other than this one, I thought it would be a little bit scarier than it was. But was this your first time watching it? Yeah, I've never seen this film before. I have watched like, Psycho and stuff. We watched it at school. You watched Psycho at school? Yeah. 
What for? As of something to do with like, I don't know, um, film or something, film studies. Oh. It was, it was, it was a part of English. It's a really scary film. I found it scary. But when did you last watch it? Oh, years ago. 10, 15 if you watched years. It now, you'd probably laugh. Be like the birds. I don't know. No, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, okay, I think the birds maybe, but Psycho could still, I don't know, that could still be a very real story, couldn't it? proper scary stuff it's highly unlikely this is going to happen with birds unless well, they would come for me i know that obviously it's proven so it's set in san francisco at the start we see melanie going into a pet shop and i just need to point out this was um hitchcock's cameo he was coming out of the pet shop as she was walking in because that was his trademark that he appeared in every single one of his films and that was his moment. So I was glad I saw it early on because it would have distracted me looking for him throughout it. And um, there's quite a few birds outside. And they say that there must be a storm coming. Mitch comes in looking to buy some lovebirds for his sister. Like she was weird when she was in the shop, wasn't she? Because she sort of went in and then was like, oh, well, I'm going to go there. Like she literally gave the woman like two minutes. Yeah, so she, yeah, she, and then she pretended that she worked in the shop for a joke. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if humour was different back then. I can think of better banter, personally, than pretending to work in a pet shop. Yeah, very odd. And then when she went and got the bird out, she's taken it too far. Yeah, so she got one of the birds out, uh, it escapes, Mitch catches it. And he tells her that he saw her in court. Breaking a window or something. Oh, okay. I thought it was because she was naked in a fountain. No, because that was in red. Right. So I think this sets it up for she's not a typical um, 60s girl. She's not looking to just get married and settle down and become a housewife. She's, you know, a bit wild, isn't she? Likes to pretend she works in pet shops. She's crazy. <laughs> she is one crazy cat. So he then says that he knew she wasn't really a sales assistant, but he was playing a prank on her. So double bluff. And again, not that funny. It's terrible. I mean, these are terrible jokes. She chases after him and takes his number plate. She then tracks him down via her dad, I think, who works in the media. Is that right? Yeah, he owns paper or something. Um, and she buys the lovebirds and she takes them to, to his uh, flat. But the neighbour says that he's in um, Bodego Bay, which is 60 miles away. And that was obviously very convenient that the neighbour was there. And also I just thought, why wouldn't you just go, okay, and take the lovebirds home and come back Monday? The neighbour gave quite a lot of information as well. I would hope my neighbour wouldn't give that much information away about me. There was a lot of information being given out throughout this whole film. Yeah, confidentiality was not 
a thing back then, it seems. No. So she drives 60 miles, as you would, because, you know, this is like you know, the ultimate joke here. And she takes the long route. She doesn't even go down the motorway. Just, just to really make this joke even more hilarious. Just yeah, just so it is side splitting. She takes an even longer route. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been really funny if she'd walked it. Or crawled on her hands and knees. I mean, it's literally the funniest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So she she gets there and she asks for him in a shop. And the shopkeeper shows her where he lives, as we said, confidentiality, out the window. Um, she finds out that he lives with his sister and his mum. And she explains she doesn't want them to see her coming. So she hires a boat to arrive not in plain sight. Now, alarm bells would ring. If I was that shopkeeper and someone said to me, I want to go up to this this single mother's place. But I don't want her to know I'm coming. And then it was weird because he then she starts saying about the, the daughter or the sister, didn't she? Like wanted to know her name. And then he was like, I don't really know her name. Go go and speak to the school teacher. Yeah, yeah. So she she tries to find out the daughter's name and yeah, like you said, he advises she goes and speaks to the teacher. And he gives the directions to the teacher's house as well. The teacher, uh, what was her name? Was it uh, Annie? Yeah, Annie. Annie um, gives her a fag and asks if she's a friend of Mitch's. She replies, not really. There were weird looks between them. Yeah. She's like, oh, he's got a lot of friends. You know, it was just all a bit, I don't know, it's a bit weird. It was a bit passive aggressive between the two of them. So she asks um, where she's from and says, I guess that's where everyone meets Mitch. So, yeah, like you said, a bit a bit vague. Yeah. Anyway, she finds out the address. Terrible teacher giving out information like that. No, but the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing, the teacher gives the daughter, the, the sister's name, fine, but she's got all this effort to do all of this, but doesn't confirm whether Kathy is spelled with a C or a K. It's a bog standard question you ask, isn't it? Well, if I was going to all that effort, I wouldn't want to be losing at the last hurdle. No, because the joke wouldn't be funny if she spelt it with the wrong letter. It would only yeah. be side-splitting exactly. with the right letter. Yeah, so she gets in the boat, which seemed incredibly unsafe. She just walks into their house. Again, I don't know if this is normal. So she leaves the birds in their house with a note for the sister. And she runs back to the boat, paddles away, but he spots her. And they share a flirty look through the binoculars. <laughs> As he drives to shore to wait for her, but just, I mean, just as this happens, she only goes and gets attacked by a seagull. A lot of blood. She looked like an idiot, didn't she? Well, yeah, just all of it, all of it undone in that one second of being attacked by the bird. So that's the end of her prank. He takes her into a cafe 
or a diner, I guess it is. And she uh, discovers that he's a lawyer. She pretends that she was visiting anyway to see the teacher. And also pretends she's staying the weekend, but he doesn't believe her. And then his mum walks in. I thought the mum looked very similar to her. She goes to Annie and asks to rent a room for the night. And then she has dinner with Mitch, his mum and his sister. And I did write, why is there such a huge sibling age difference? I mean, huge. I mean, I don't know how old Mitch is supposed to be, but he looks about 55. I mean, he looks older than his mother. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing, I'm guessing he's supposed to be, I don't know, what, late 20s? Yeah. Um, the sister's, what, 11. That's quite a big age difference, isn't it? I mean, the mother certainly looks too old. Yeah. Especially in those days. And uh, you found the mother quite odd, didn't you? The way that Mitch spoke to her. Yeah, and he kept calling her dear, didn't he? And darling. Yeah, the darling bit is particularly odd. It's not kind of the thing that, you know, you normally say to your parent. That's the kind of thing they call you, not not vice versa. So the mum uh, mentions that the chickens that they keep won't eat. And she finds out that some others down the road won't eat either. The sister asks Melanie to stay for a birthday party, and she says no. And that she acted quite pathetic for that. She was like, oh, don't you like us? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're nearly 11, you know, you've got to get out of that mindset because you're going to get beaten up at high school if you go around like that. Yeah. You know, she needs to toughen up, that kid. Exactly. The mum uh, prize and said she's rich and always in the papers. And then she talks about that she jumped into a fountain. Naked. Yeah, slow news day, that would have been. That made the paper. Yeah. In America. I mean, it's a big place. They have uh, more weird flirting. And then they argue and she drives off. And we get back to Annie's house where she finds out that her and Mitch are indeed exes and they gossip about Mitch's mum and say she's possessive. Annie says she still likes Mitch just as the phone rings and it's him for Melanie. He persuades her to go to his sister's birthday party. Uh, there's a bang on the door. They open it and they find a dead seagull. <laughs> They first think it's because it's dark and it's lost its way and then they realise it isn't as it's a full moon. And I'm pretty sure it's your best to fly in the dark normally. Well, yeah, I, I think that, that birds do fly in the dark. Where do birds go in the dark? I know like, it makes me sound like some mad hippie. Uh, but, like, do they just stop? Like, you don't see... Do you just not see them flying because it's dark or do you think that they all go, like, sleep? I think they have to go to sleep, don't they? You don't see birds asleep, do you? Yeah, you do. they just would sit in a tree. Do you? Well, I, okay, because you're in the country. Do you ever see birds asleep in a tree? Well, I don't really go looking for them. But yeah, I've seen birds asleep in a tree. Have you? Like, I've seen a peacock asleep in a tree. 
You have peacocks where you are. No, we're having on holiday. Oh. Next day, they walk back to uh, the party and the seagulls start to fly down and attack everyone. This, I mean, this did make me laugh a little bit. And I know we're probably going to get in trouble the same way we did when we said that Jaws was funny and everyone would be like, it's not funny, it's classic horror. <laughs> but it was a little bit funny when that bird was pecking that kid's head. Yeah, very and the fact that she was sort of waving her legs around. Yeah, it was just that, I mean, it was so obviously an animatronic. It was so funny. Um, they eventually run into the house after lots of faffing around. I mean, I would have gone into the house immediately. I would have as well. Now, this next bit was the bit that totally freaked me out because this is my, this was always my worst nightmare when I lived in my last house that had a chimney my fear was always that a bird was going to fly out the chimney at me like just and we had birds falling down our our chimney where we had to um call like the gas board out and get them rescued from behind the boards and stuff so I would hear like birds flapping behind the boards and it just really used to freak me out so when you see this next bit with sparrows flying out the chimney Honestly, my worst nightmare. I couldn't even look. We had a bird which came down the chimney, but like came into the living room. I just called my dad. He had to come back from work. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't sort this out. And then the bird was like, where in our living room, we had like little, like these little twig things. And the bird was just sat on there. But wouldn't, didn't it frighten you? Like that would happen again. It would fly down the chimney. Like didn't, isn't that terrifying? Oh. Didn't you, didn't you have birds? Yeah, we had birds when I was a kid. We had, like, budgies and canaries and stuff. Um, what about them? Well, yeah, I mean, they used to make me a bit nervous, but they were in a cage, and they were my mum and dad. I couldn't tell them that they couldn't have birds just because I was frightened of them. But, you know, my big fear started, as I said, when I was about nine or ten and got attacked by one. So that was kind of the turning point. It wasn't just an irrational fear of birds. There was actually a reason for it. My mum and dad used to always laugh at me for it. And when we used to go to, like, the seaside or something, they used to throw bits of their sandwich at my head to try and make the seagulls land on my head. It was like that, that joke where they try and place bits of bread on your head without you knowing yeah, I mean, they should probably have been reported to the authorities, but I can laugh about it now. It made me stronger. I'm like, oh, me and my parents used to have so much banter. They were just really wicked. <laughs> what happened after they came out the chimney? Was there much to this scene other than I presume they were just flying around and... Yeah, they're just flying around a lot. And then he said something like, he, Mitch said, cover your faces, cover your eyes. Why wouldn't you just go to another room? <laughs> but they could have just, the women could have left, couldn't they? Yeah, especially being the 60s, ladies first back then. So the sheriff uh, kind of dismisses the event, doesn't he, and says that they were attracted by the light. But then I, what, did, what did they want him to do? Mm. The next day, the mum goes to a neighbouring farmer to ask about the chickens not eating and she sees dead birds and then this is kind of mm. the, the...
the big shocking moment, the, the moment that this film is known for, isn't it, where she sees the dead farmer with his eyes pecked out. Now, I mean, I got a text from you and you seemed quite happy about this scene. It, it tickled you, didn't it? Well, I just say it's just so weird. Like, some of the birds seemed really violent, whereas other ones just sort of gave people a little peck. I mean, it still looked pretty gruesome even now, I will say that. She drives away without telling the bloke working there, which I thought was a bit out of order. Should have at least warned him what she'd just seen. And she's put to bed with, with a good cuppa. So everything. Yeah. She tells Melanie that she's worried for her daughter at the school. Now, I if I'd have been the mother, I wouldn't have been going to bed with a cup of tea. I would have been going straight to get my daughter. Yeah, so would I thought I'd have said to Melanie, you have to go and get her now. Yeah, like there would be, you know, it wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be thinking about put the kettle on. I would be going to to find my child. She talks about her husband dying and how she's afraid to lose Mitch. Again, a great big long speech when all the the while her child is out there with these killer birds swarming around. Yeah. Melanie offers to go to the school and check on Kathy. We're still not clear if it's a C or a K at this point. There's loads of crows gathered around. And she warns the teacher, who pretends they need to reenact a fire drill, but to go straight home. Seems risky taking them out the school. I think I would have been more inclined to have kept them in the building at that point. It was a bit strange because, first of all, I mean, Melanie sat outside for a long time listening to that awful song before she did anything. I mean, mm. you know, a good 500 birds had to gather before she did anything. They, they all run out of school. They get chased by birds i mean i've written here the effects are forgivable because of the time period however the children are not forgivable who on earth hired these kid actors they were terrible so uh melanie gets kathy and one of the injured girls into the car and eventually the birds fly away later she rings her dad yeah many discussions in the diner where they are as to how serious it is they start attacking in a petrol station next door and petrol leaks as a man drops the match from his cigar on the floor so we get a big explosion. And chaos ensues. Melanie hides in a phone box. I wrote down this was horrible. I didn't like this. Again, I could just see this happening to me on a day out in Brighton or something, just like bird pecking at me in a phone box. And there's not even any phone boxes anymore by me actually so you could just go in there really trust you i bet it's an old red <laughs> phone box isn't it probably never been vandalized i bet no one wheezing it or anything there's no like cards up for old ring dirty susan or anything like that it's pristine <laughs> uh mitch drags her back into the diner an hysterical woman blames Melanie, saying that she's evil and it only started when she arrived. She's got a point. <laughs> when the coast is clear, they go to collect Kathy from the teachers and uh, the teacher is dead. Again, eyes pecked out and she's on the porch. It was Melanie who had to be like, where's Kathy? Not Mitch. No. It seems that Melanie is the only person that Kathy's ever had in her life that cares about her. This poor girl. Uh, there's lots of faffing 
as he moves the body and the crows are still hanging around. Now, I know it's respectful to move her body, but I probably would have, you know, she's already dead at that point. I wouldn't have faffed around moving her. I would have left her there and hoped that they just carried on pecking her and, like, got the, you know, got his sister away or something. I wouldn't have bothered to move her at that stage. Agreed. So it's back to their house now and it's announced on the radio about the attacks. Kathy is sick, and once again, it's Melanie that looks after her. They suddenly hear birds going mental outside, and they keep the fire lit to stop them coming down the chimney. That's a good idea. Yeah, I thought so. The mum goes absolutely mental at one bit. Like, to Mitch, you know, when she's like, well, what are we going to do when we run out of wood? And sort of puts it on him. Yeah. <laughs> What do they do when he's in San Francisco? She seems like not a capable woman at all. Maybe they just she just sits there and shakes. I don't really know. Yeah, uh, as a nice cuppa. I didn't like this bit where it breaks the window and he has a fight with one because I was worried that it actually, you know, that, that any got hurt in real life. But I did look it up and it's all right. The RSPCA was on set for this. So um, they were either animatronics or the real birds weren't injured whilst on set so that made me feel a little bit better about it they basically packed the front door down yes well this is the problem with american houses that they're made of wood but you know i mean we've already had this discussion in the twister episode make them out of cement guys in the night she hears something goes up to investigate doesn't wait the others and they've broken through the roof and they, they attack her very red yeah a bit too red mitch rescues her and says that they need to get her to a hospital. She didn't look that bad, did she? He sneaks outside. Now, why didn't he put extra clothing on? Well, yeah. Because, all right, I know it wouldn't protect you an awful lot, but he was out there in, like, you know, quite cash. If they're going to peck your arms, at least pop a coat on or something to protect some of you, you know? I'd be putting a, a coat or a hood or, you know, something to, to protect as much as my body as possible. And poor Melanie, she's been in the same clothes all weekend. She must have hummed. So he hears on the car radio, Bay has been roadblocked and the attacks are coming in waves and they're talking that the military might be intervening. This was another question I had. Why does he leave his car window down? They could have all popped him while he was in the house. They get Melanie outside and into the car. Kathy, Mum and the lovebirds all get in and then they drive off and I've written bloody odd ending because that's it, that's literally the end of the film you don't find out anything why Why this happened, nothing Has it stopped? Yeah I thought it was going to be something to do with the lovebirds mm -hmm. I thought there was like that they were cursed I did or, Yeah, I thought there was like something some voodoo had happened and that the trouble followed the lovebirds and that they would realise this once they took the lovebirds and then that the birds would follow them. No, nothing. Finished. The lovebirds making these birds do it. Mm. But what did you think of it other than that? I did quite enjoy it, actually. Yeah, it's a good film, wasn't mm -hmm. it? It really made me laugh. I don't know whether it would make me laugh, but it did. Yeah, it was, it was, it was amusing. Uh, you know, it... I think it, had I not had a fear of birds, I'm not sure I would have been particularly frightened of it. But at the time, yeah, the effects were probably quite um, 
scary, should we say? Yeah. So we've had a few mentions online for this, so let's just go to the shout-outs. So I'm just pulling them up now. So from Twitter, we've got Holly Michael says, what a brilliant film. I was a bit scared of birds for a while after seeing it for the first time, but now I'm a zookeeper working primarily with birds, so it didn't do any lasting damage. I do, however, get that awful school song stuck in my head for days whenever I watch it. Wulong Talks says, one of Hitchcock's best, though he put poor Tippy Hedrin through the ringer. Can't walk past a flock of birds anywhere without a few hairs standing up thanks to this one. So basically that reference, Tippy Hedron played Melanie and uh, I won't get into the legalities because I'm not sure whether it was ever proven or not, but she made quite a few claims that Alfred Hitchcock um, stalked her for quite a few years after this film. So. So she did go on and star in one of his other films. I think she was in Marnie as well. But yeah, there was. Um, she's still alive now, and you, you can well you can you can YouTube it and you'll see what she says about him. But I don't want to get into anything that we shouldn't be saying. So is it like a Harvey situation? A little bit. Maria Barber says I saw this movie way too early, but it didn't turn me into a serial killer. So that that's good news. Well done, Maria, for that. Um, she says, I remember being terrified and gave birds the side eye for a long time. I love Aldo, which obviously Alfred knows him well. This is a classic scary movie. To make something like birds evil and murderous is brilliant. She obviously hasn't lived where I have because, let me tell you, they'll attack you for nothing around here. Nothing. Over on Instagram, we've got... Your mate Lyle says, I remember the ride in Universal and it looked like the birds were pecking their way out of the cinema screen when they flew at you. I was absolutely terrified. I was about nine years old. Lyle was scarred too. Will from Hey Down in Front says, Psycho is better. Thank you, Will. The Lost Princess says, it was part of our curriculum in the ninth grade. Someone else studied Hitchcock at school. See, quite common. It was for my English class, and I forget how it tied in with the lesson, but she ended up getting school to let us watch it. I'm terrified of birds now because of this movie, but it was a good film. And last but not least, we've got Vic R. Treat, which says, I loved the Hitchcock attraction. I love learning about all the cool techniques Hitchcock used while making his films. I always remember the cool rear window section where you could spy on people using binoculars. Here, here. I think it's a real shame it's gone. I know I bleat on permanently about old attractions should remain. But in this case, I really don't think you can argue that Hitchcock has done more for the world of film than Shrek has. I mean, I, I wouldn't say we're disputing that. I, w I wouldn't disagree there but I don't think it warrants a ride. I think, I think it deserves to still be represented in there. And, you know, I am putting myself on the line here because it turns out Shrek from this week is our most downloaded episode ever. So that's surprising. So, you know, I might be upsetting a lot of people saying that. I don't know. But I like Shrek. It was a funny film. However, 
it did not warrant replacing Hitchcock. Definitely not. I think at the time it did. Mm. But do I think that Shrek should be replaced? Yes. Is there anything you would like to add? No, I don't think so. So, do you reckon people turn off the minute I go, okay, so, because they know I'm just going to start reading off the contact details and the housekeeping thing. Do you think people just stop the podcast at this point? Can you, so does it say, like, you know, if you download it and listened one second, yeah. you wouldn't know whether they'd listen to the whole thing? No. That's probably what most of our downloads are. They're just, the minute they hear me say hello, they're just like, no. <laughs> I think there is actually a way of um, seeing uh, just how much people have, like, listened to, but we don't have that scheme. I think you have to pay a little bit more than we pay. So you can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can search us on Facebook. We are also on email, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com, and we are the proud creators of Britpod Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. Please go and check out our brand new website, www.britpodscene.com, or find us on Twitter and Facebook for all regular updates. And if that's all from Holly, I will, or we will, speak to you soon. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of Brit Pod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more. <laughs>